mind that's freedom. The world has been exposed, woe told, knowledge of good and evil. God's plan, make the truth way back, God in the beating. I try to wrap my mind around the purpose of it, search to find some reason. Beyond my understanding in this life, Lord's wisdom was needed to see the truth. What's going on, everybody out there? This is J.M. Banks. This is Eric Hawthorne. This is the Urban Alchemy Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Uh, another great show as usual here in beautiful Kansas City, Missouri. How you doing today, Eric? You know what? I'm doing all right, brother. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm hanging in there. Actually, very. I'm actually very disappointed in myself. I actually broke one of my golden cardinal rules this week. And and what is that? And it, I have a solid iron rule about lending money to family. And I begrudgingly broke my rule this uh, actually last week, uh, which is why I had to end up borrowing money from you because uh, I had a cousin who, unfortunately, you know, they, this isn't even a cousin I have a, a close relationship with uh, necessarily. Uh, I just know she happens to have two kids. So, you know, once they start bringing the kids in, it starts playing on my soft heart. And of course, I was just like, all right, let me go ahead and give her this money. I know she's employed. I know she got a job. So you ain't got to worry about her. You know, in that aspect, Friday rolls around. No, no call. You know how that goes when somebody owes you money and you don't hear from them. Yeah, I do. Uh, did you actually give her a call? Uh, I, I sent her a message like, hey, what's going on, cousin? And then she had hit me up like, hey, you know, I'm going to hit you up a little later. I'm down your way. Cool. Nothing. Didn't think of it. Work ends. Uh, five o'clock hits. No call from her. Hit her up again. Hey, what's going on, cousin? Everything cool? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to let you know when I'm, when I'm headed down that way. Still, still no call. So I'm like, hey, what's going on? No response. Next day. Hey, I, you know, I missed you yesterday. Oh, my bad. My car went out and I had to get the starter put in. And, I, you know, I had to. And then the next day was I had to go pick up the check and then go cash it. And each day was a new excuse. And I don't know if you've had any ex prior personal experience with maybe lending money out to people, but it's just a very, very stressful thing when someone owes you money and you're just hectoring this person. Like, yo, where's the money at? I felt like, I don't know if you've ever seen this uh, Family Guy clip with, with Stewie, Stewie and Brian. Yeah, loans him the money. He said, I'll have it to you. Brian didn't have the money. Stewie went looking for him like, hey, where's my money? You know, it's a little friendly. It's funny. Uh, and then all of a sudden it starts, I'm going to have to break a glass of your head now. Well, you know, there's a certain person that has asked me for funds before. Really? And, you know, I went above and beyond to help that person out. And then, so I give him the money, which I didn't have at the time, but I'm like, okay, well, you and I have been friends for a long time. Let me go ahead and give you this because, you know, you've always been supportive of me. So in the next couple of weeks go by, still haven't gotten the money. When did he say he was going to, uh, or this person say they were going to have the money back to you? What was the time frame? I think it was like a week a week the following like thursday or something like that see one of the things that got me it was like she said she'll have it back in the next four days so i'm like four i can live with four days you know right but over the next couple of weeks i see this person living the life on facebook uh going to places like power play and whatnot posting these pictures i'm like hold up how are you doing all this and you owe me money and then like one day they call me and said what do you think we should get to eat do you think we should get mcdonald's or mr good sense i'm like uh, you better be eating ramen noodles right. or air. I was about to say air. <laughs> because you, you owe me money. So, yeah, I very rarely lend out money. Like, of course, you, because there was a time when this was like, oh, I don't know, I guess about 
13, 12, 13 years ago where I had to ask you for money for uh, something and then you gave it to me. And then like when I got the money, I was like, okay, I got to repay you. So anytime I got money, I was like, hey, bro, I'm going to pay you. It'd be it, Now, it wouldn't be like a set amount. Sometimes it'd be like $60, $80, $100 or like 20 or something like that. But I was making an honest effort right. in returning the money. And then again, we were like, 21 and 20 at the time but still as a grown person you would hope that another grown person would keep their word wait was that with the intake money yeah was it with the intake money? okay that's i'm That's (laughs) actually super glad you brought that up because i assisted two individuals Mm -hmm. uh with their intake money in order to become alphas i believe at the time it was what 900 maybe a thousand i think it was a thousand yeah it's probably it was up there for an 18 year old to be breaking off right or a 19 year old 20 year old you know and most most of us wasn't working let alone a full-time job to afford that uh thankfully i had been working uh that previous summer and you know the money i was used saving up for school i had gotten covered through a scholarship so i had a little surplus of money mm-hmm. and you know as we were in the process of becoming brothers, you know, uh, of course, Eric came up a little short and another one of our line brothers came up a little short. And that's the differentiation between, you know, two people in the same situation. But I will never in my life loan that other person a red sense because they never even addressed it after that. Like you made the the conscious effort to be like, I'm going to make installments. You know, you could have paid me back five dollars a week. And I'd be like, Eric is actually trying so I, I appreciate him and I, I definitely have an open book in terms of anything you ever need. I mean, I'd give you a kidney, Eric, if you needed it. I wouldn't want one of your kidneys. No, I was about to say the cirrhosis is probably set in by now. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I, we want to come back to that, <laughs> actually. But uh, yeah, it's crazy the way that people will come to you on the strength of a relationship, uh, family ties, friendship ties, and they will fully uh, take advantage of you. Uh, and that it reminded me of uh, Letty from Lovecraft Country. You know, first episode, everybody's mean to her and you're like, damn, they're so mean to her. And then as the episodes go on, you're like, she's a shysty ass family member. Can't be trusted. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it really pissed me off because I've been trying to really build bridges with my family and reconnect with them and, you know, try to have a relationship. You know, when I was in my prior relationship and I lived up north, I really didn't get to see my family that often. So now that I'm back in the city, really been making a cognizant effort to try to reach out and, you know, uh, keep in touch with people. So unfortunately, that that kind of just puts a damper on that because Lord forbid anybody else asks me for money. I'm going to say, sorry, you got to you got to talk to her about that. Well, you could stand outside of their home with a big boom box that said, you know, playing ODB, <laughs> got your money. Uh, or, uh, police. or Rihanna, bitch better have my money. Oh, wow. You're going that far. I was <laughs> uh, a week ago. It would have been ODB. Uh, OK, yeah, I think that's a little bit more tame. Yeah, because it, then it turned into a matter of me saying, all right, now I need the money. <laughs> like At first it was like, hey, you got the money now. And now it's like, yo, now I need the money. Now you just. You know, and it's just a matter of the communication as well. Like you said, you were trying to hit me back up in installment payments. You were letting me know, keeping me updated. She pretty much just was like, I ain't got it today. Dropped out. I'd have to contact her. And I think that's something else that pisses most people out off out there is if somebody owes you money and you got to keep contacting that person to be like, hey, you know, do you happen to have that money? It's almost like you're asking them for the for the favor now. Right. Because I know when. When we lend money back and forth, I know it's just kind of like you hear that little ping or you get that notification on the day that 
you said you were going to get the money back and you see, oh, OK, JM sent you fifty dollars, you know, as a ref, you know, repayment or whatever. Or I'll send you thirty dollars, whatever, because I look Or I sent you thirty dollars because I borrowed it from you. So, you know. Right. Yeah. And that's so crazy that uh, people just like. If she would have went about it the right way, I could have forgiven the situation and be like, yo, I get it. Shit happens. You know, unexpected car stuff. I'm the king of unexpected car stuff. So you ain't really got to explain that to me. But uh, just the disregard, like I got the feeling it was like, fuck you and your money. So after a while, it was just like, you know what? Don't even worry about it. You know, you got that. But in the future, we we don't have very many uh, cousins with no kids and disposable income. So chances are, if you're going to need to borrow some money again, and in case she was ever wondering what the what the cost of a familiar relationship is, it's that amount of money you borrow. Wow. Uh, no, wow. It's just like, don't treat <laughs> me like I'm some sort of uh, bank that you don't got to pay back. Like you just like, fuck it. I don't care about my credit score. I ain't going to pay it back. Like, nah, obviously you don't care about our relationship as a, as family members. So you're not going to pay it back. But I don't know. Maybe they just think I'm rolling in cash. I know a lot of there's probably a misconception that you just, you know, Scrooge McDuckin jumping in pools of money and swimming through it. No, I'm just a lowly, lowly man. <laughs> Hawthorne's no. money bags over here. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but yeah, I hate that. You know, when you try to go out your way to help somebody out and, you know, they can't reciprocate it just by, you know, even just communicating, saying, hey, you know, I don't have the money, but you know what? I'm going to give you 20 bucks or, you know, something like that. Just along those lines, like I'm fine with installments uh, because I understand things are hard. Times have changed pretty high unemployment rate due to COVID, et cetera, et cetera. So things happen, life happens. Uh, but the effort, I think, is what's most important. Right. Effort, Genuine effort. Absolutely. Genuine effort and communication. Uh, just keeping somebody informed. That's a horrible hallmark of our community, man. If you borrow money, give that money back as soon as possible. And, and like Eric said, nothing pisses me off more if I see you posting about stuff you're going to buy. Like, no, you're not going to buy nothing. You need to be posting about uh, I need to get this money paid back ASAP. <laughs> Living the good life on yeah. social media. Well, that's the thing about social media. People, people like to Jeff. People like to, you know, put that put that uh, image out there, even if it's uh, not true. You know, they want to show, oh, I'm taking the kids to the to the park. And it's like you just overdrew your bank account (laughs) or you can't afford that food truck. Yeah, this you shouldn't be going to the amusement park or whatever uh, or the zoo or Mr. Good Sense, McDonald's. In all the cases I've ever seen of men living outside their means, I have to say it falls on the woman. Uh, A lot of the times it's the woman trying to put that Facebook image out there. Uh, for that, for the world to make it seem like, oh, this is my happy family. We're doing so good. And it, it breaks the guy. Uh, <laughs> so you're just going to blame the woman, huh? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, if you got a problem with it, uh, come come here and talk to me about it. Because <laughs> evidently none of you got the balls to come on this show. Uh, Why are you issuing this weird challenge? It's a, yeah, the gauntlet has, oh, I'm so glad you asked that, Eric. Well, let me, let me wind the clocks back here to where we first originally talked about WAP. And for those of you who don't remember, WAP stands for wet ass pussy is what they have our children singing in these streets now. I actually just had a friend who was telling me, uh, uh, he was telling me that he caught his daughter singing and I was just like, yo, I knew it. I told you so. Mark my words. I got hell. 
for that WAP review. Everybody acting like I was calling the women hoes for liking the song. I didn't call nobody a hoe. I didn't call nobody outside their name. All I said is that if you're a woman playing this song, you might want to keep it away from your children because this is irresponsible parenting pretty much. Like you are the custodian and the guardian of the content your kid takes in. Uh, you're the gatekeeper. But who says that they're, I mean, but who says they're even allowing their children to listen to this song? That's another great point, Eric. I'm glad you brought up. It's a little thing called TikTok. Are you familiar with TikTok? It's like that little dance app. Yeah. Okay. Little videos, little short clips. Uh, on the TikTok, you see plenty of mothers parading their children as they twerk to this song. Twerk. And when I say children, I mean children. Little six, seven-year-old kids. Now, are these outliers? Or I mean, it's obviously not the norm. This has to be. I've seen it enough to feel uncomfortable about it. I just feel like maybe there's some. It's a weird uh, sexification, uh, eroticism. Did you just say sexification? Yeah, I know that's not the right word for it. Is that? That's not even a word. Mm -mm. That that is a Urban Alchemy original right there. The sexification of these kids. uh, It's really something going on. Like they're really trying to push that narrative. And I don't know if you saw my post on the community group page about this. uh, Oh, the cuties thing. Yeah, Yeah, I've seen seen several YouTube videos about that. Yeah, you can't tell me this right here isn't just somebody had to clear uh, clear this. Somebody had to say, okay, that's a great poster. Let's put it up. Like I said, there's a girl, uh, one girl with her hands on her knees, popping her ass out. The other girl dropping it low. Another girl with her hands and knees with her ass popped out. Only girl who looks like she's in a slightly uh, respectable position is this little blonde haired white girl. Now, I don't know. I, I'm sure that little blonde girl's uh, parents raised hell and said, nah, I ain't about to have my daughter dropping it low, popping that pussy on a poster. Now, I'm, I'm not sure if... This is true because, I mean, I did not do additional research, but they said it's for a twerking competition. Was that the description of it originally? I think the original premise of the show changed once they started getting heat. And I saw them say, it was, oh, no, this is uh, it's been misrepresented. And this is about little girl cheerleaders. Well, if that's the case, your uh, your poster is very misleading. These look like little girls training to be strippers. I feel like I say certain shit and the people look at me crazy. But, you know, when your daughter grows up, ends up on that pole because you thought it was a good idea. Let him listen to Cardi B at seven years old. You know, I grew up, like I said, I listened to Snoop. I listened to Dre. I listened to Tupac. I listened to DMX. I listened to Luda. And I'm not like anything in those songs. So Mm -hmm. I don't fundamentally believe that there's a correlation necessarily between listening to song lyrics and then ultimately living this wild promiscuous life as an adult right but you listen to those song lyrics and you didn't turn out like that uh but when you look at the majority of our male population in the community would you say they're similar to to what? those stereotypes that take place in the songs we grew up with the snoop dogs the two shorts okay, yeah the, but i don't place that burden upon snoop or ice cube or anybody like that i think that is a systemic problem yeah, it's a I think it's a personal problem. Like you can hear it just like me and you. We hear it, right. but we choose not to engage in that behavior. I feel like there's a lot of females out here who hear it and hear that get the bag mentality 
And that's that's the, the thought frame they go around with. Like a lot of the and this is one of the reasons I really want to start having women on this show. And thankfully, I was able to find some educated, brave women with big brass balls who don't just give criticism and bitch and moan without actually wanting to give your opinion. There's, there's a lot of females out here who love to complain about stuff. But when it comes out to actually putting forth some effort, they 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 not nowhere to be found. That it really bugs me. Like that's like just like the black people who complain about the shit that's wrong with the community, but they're not at any of the marches. They're not at any other community events. They're not doing anything. They're just complaining. So when I reach out to you after you criticize my thoughts and opinions and say, hey, I want to have you on the show to get your views. And you say, no, I'm good. It's like, why the hell are you even talking in the first place if you don't want to state your uh, why are women so afraid to state their point and put it on the record? I don't I think it's genuinely uh, and I think you had this same apprehension about the podcast. You don't want to say something that goes on tape and gets kept forever. I think a lot of these women don't want to say something that goes against the grain and then they get attacked for it. No, I don't. I don't believe that because a lot of these uh, young women, they are um, they are posting making these posts and essentially once you put it on the internet it's there that's true so you know they're they're making these posts in support of WAP and you know uh, some different types of feminism and whatnot so I don't believe that is it now what I can agree with you on in terms of actually having it audio recorded you can take snippets of your voice or whatever you said and you can dice that up any way you want and take something out of context but Usually these women are very, you know, very proud and very vocal about their viewpoints as you and I are. Mm. So I don't I don't I don't think that's the I don't think that's the issue. I think maybe they just hate you. Uh, they might. And it's, it might be. I mean, I don't even like you. So you don't. You tolerate me. And that's this OK. Very true. I tolerate your monosyllabic voice. I tolerate <laughs> your uh, the stupid things you do with your arms when you talk. Uh, I tolerate a lot. Your dumb glasses. I like my glasses. I know you do. And that's another reason I hate you because you think they're cool. They are. You're very neat. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't think of a descriptor for them. But the fact you couldn't find a, a fly word to describe cool. Cool, dope, awesome, yeah, rad. I, I think they're wiggity wiggity whack. Oh, wow. Yeah. Went back on it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I really no, have. No, no, no. That's the miggity, 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 Mac. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, you're too young. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, uh, that is a two middle-aged men who were children. <laughs> when Chris Cross. Jump, jump. A daddy Mac and make it. Yeah, that was the original light skin, dark skin combo. All right. That's right. Building, building the bonds. Uh, building Jermaine Dupree's empire. Have you seen this uh, Russell Simmons documentary? No, I didn't even know that there was a Russell Simmons documentary. Bro, you need to watch it. That's going to be one of my YouTube videos. Also, please, everybody, make sure to check out our YouTube page. Please make sure you subscribe. I cannot stress that enough. We need subscribers. Uh, we can build our platform. We can get monetized eventually, start bringing in some money, but we cannot do that without your support. So please take a moment to go to our YouTube page, Urban Alchemy Podcast. Uh, 
and just subscribe, uh, like the videos, comment, share, do everything you can as a community member to help us elevate that platform. Because I love doing these YouTube videos. They're really good. I'm trying to get Eric to start doing them. He's watched a couple shows I haven't watched, like P-Valley. I know people are hot for that. I know they would love to hear that. Uh, but yeah, please support that. But yeah, just the, I uh, uh, forgot where I was going with that. We were talking about YouTube. We were talking about YouTube. We were talking about- me. Oh, the documentary. Uh, That's what it was. Oh, the Russell Simmons documentary. Yes. So this documentary uh, that I'm definitely going to be doing a recap and review of uh, is it's, uh, called On the Record. And you remember when Russell Simmons allegations first came out. Yeah, I do. Nobody believed him. I, I can I can say that in terms of the believability factor, most people weren't ready to crucify Russell Simmons. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Russell Simmons. And this is for people who grew up like me and Eric in the 90s. He was just like a genuinely good guy. Like he was one of those figures in hip hop that stood aside from the typical images. He was like a legitimate uh businessman like he built Def Jam he's known as the godfather of hip-hop and I really I didn't believe the allegations when they first came out I was like Russell Simmons is a great black man and this is just some greedy woman who's trying to tarnish his good name and throw him under the bus or probably wants money bro when I tell you this documentary was like more soul crushing than the R. Kelly one like man it is it's powerful it's very powerful uh so is this okay so with the r kelly documentary there was definitely an an agenda um to expose r kelly for many of the things that he mm -hmm. did is this the same premise in which they're exposing russell simmons or is this to make russell simmons look good or is this like um middle of the pack thing this is i will say it's more uh it's, it's a believable documentary because this brought to you by HBO, which is the same uh, network that brought us Leaving Neverland, which I did not believe. I definitely 100 percent thought those two men were lying about their allegations. Uh, but the it, it, it was a gripping documentary because it had the tough job of painting this this patron saint of hip hop as a predator, as a serial sexual predator. And it's gripping because statute limitations have all ran out. Like the only reason this, this isn't for money, it's not for any kind of legal ramifications. It's so that his legacy will be known as somebody who has preyed on women. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was it's just really soul grabbing to have your in one hour, just have your entire consciousness on somebody shifted like that. <laughs> and, you know, R. Kelly, we all knew R. Kelly was a nasty son of a bitch, uh, but he was just allowed to continue to uh, keep doing it for years and years because parents kept bringing their kids to R. Kelly, uh, just like parents might have kept bringing their kids to Michael Jackson, not those two kids from Finding Neverland, because I don't believe them. But it, it was just a really, and it followed, I believe, three or four women. Uh, one of which was Drew Dixon. She's a record executive. She was behind a lot of huge hits like uh, uh, Method Man, Mary J. Blige, You're All I Need. Uh, it, it was just been a few songs, and I was like, oh, shit, that's her? Like, uh, she, you know, it's all, all kind of accolades that disprove all the general uh, assumptions that most accusers uh, are framed in like she's a, she's a gold digger she is just regretful of a sexual experience she's just trying to you know uh, tarnish their legacy 
And in this documentary, all that's disproved. Like she's a, she was a well-educated, like her mom was the mayor of New, uh, DC, the first black female mayor of DC. Like she was well-educated. She didn't need money. Like everything that happened to her was, and that's probably the saddest thing about the whole documentary. She loved the music industry so much. And then after Russell Simmons raped her, she just, she couldn't do it anymore. Uh, and then she pretty much just got despondent. I couldn't imagine podcasting and then having such a negative experience with somebody like uh, me going to work for Joe Rogan and him sexually harassing me. And I'm just like, now I feel sick every time I podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the one of the most monstrous things in the whole story is you took someone's love and passion away from them. And that was pretty much the story with these other women is that they uh, make little passes here and there that they would brush off and. You know, eventually he would find a way to get them alone. And all these things happen. Like Russell Simmons just flat out raped these women. Like mm-hmm. he, he forced himself, uh, let me say allegedly, on these women. Mm-hmm. And all these stories was exactly the same. And I was like, shit, like this dude is a, and you know, predators, they have a, <clears throat> predators have a, you know, game plan, right. uh, sort of a, a blueprints of how they do things like Harvey Weinstein. He kind of had the same setup. Like he would invite women back to his room for meetings. And then that's when he would rape them. And it it just was a crazy, crazy story. And then she, when she finally got the strength and energy to pursue music again, she started working for LA Reed and he was a fucking creep. Like he pretty much, and that was one of the most, I almost text you as I was watching it. Cause one of the most interesting tidbits, do you remember in Kanye West college dropout, uh, the last track, uh, where he's pretty much talking the whole last time. Last call. Last call. Mm-hmm. Uh, last call for alcohol. But yeah, he pretty much gives this whole five minute story of his career. Actually, uh, the track is 12 minutes. It, it was long. I haven't heard it in so long, yeah. but it was a life story pretty much. And in that story, he tells the story about how L.A. Reeve passed on him. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And he believed it was something to do with his son who didn't like him. In this documentary, uh, Drew Dixon breaks down how she was the A&R for uh, Arista at the time. Mm. She was the one who discovered Kanye West. But because she did not sleep, she discovered Kanye West and John Legend back when he was under the name John Stevens. Mm-hmm. And because uh, L.A. Reid, because she would not sleep with L.A. Reid, he wouldn't sign anybody she brought in. Really? So because of that, he passed on Kanye West. He passed on John Legend. Wow. Because a woman wouldn't have sex with him. And it, it's just so crazy. Like I cannot imagine riding this platform to a position of authority and power and respect and then bringing in women to work on my show and being like, by the way, you have to sleep with me. Yeah, I'm I'm really disappointed to hear that, uh, especially, you know, growing up and, you know, we liked uh, Run DMC, Def Jam, just the whole Def Jam family. I mean, we can have an entire episode on yeah, the, the mean, significance of Def Jam. I mean, you got to think of people like. Uh, ludicrous LL Cool J. It just goes on and on and on. And then you realize that the person at the top of Def Jam is a monster. I mean, mm-hmm. that's horrible. And I cannot imagine what these women had to go through um, and how that stymied their career, their personal life, their relationships uh, with friends, family, uh, significant others. I mean, this has to be horrible. So I'm glad that they were brave enough to actually come out and tell their story. But, you know, I think it's responsible. The onus is uh, on 
some of the people that enable these monsters. Like we talk about R. Kelly and how was he able to get away with X, Y, and Z. But, you know, they talk about uh, Leah had to get a, a marriage certificate or something forged or uh there was also an alleged abortion that she may have mm-hmm. may have had. But these are all people that are around R. Kelly that knew what was going on rather than reporting it. That said, OK, well, I'll get you the fake uh, marriage uh, birth, birth certificate, excuse me, or I'll do this and I'll do that. I think that could be the same thing with um, Russell Simmons. I mean, it has to be. I mean, he's too powerful. I know he's probably uh, confiding in somebody. That's the thing about Russell Simmons. And that's also uh, something I liked about the documentary is it wasn't just a parade of people who work for Russell Simmons, you know, talking about, oh, yeah, he did this. And uh, this is what I did while he was doing it. It was like, nah, nobody really had an idea because he had this uh, persona, uh, this this mask he wore in public because, you know, to us, he's this, you know, clean kind of like Bill Cosby, almost like Mm -hmm. just how he wore this mask in public of this just wholesome yoga vegan. Right. And it was actually a very funny story that she told. Well, not funny, actually fucked up about uh, Cohen, uh, Cohen Leo or Leo Cohen. Yeah, I know who you're Lyle Cohen. Yeah. uh, I can't. I know his name is Lyle something. yeah, but he this was is why we need an intern. We need a producer. Yeah. If you guys uh, know anybody out there who wants to get in the podcast game in Kansas City and, and wants to dedicate one week, uh, one night a week to recording, helping us fact check. His name is Liar Cohen. Lior Cohen. Lior Cohen. Yeah. And he's a very uh, influential person in hip hop as well. And he was Russell Simmons business partner. And Drew tells the story of even though how she she was an educated college woman and she was pretty much has been doing music since she was a kid because she was hired by Russell Simmons and he knew Russell Simmons only hired women he wanted to have sex with. He didn't respect her. Like he talked grimy to her mm-hmm. on a regular just because he thought that was Russell Simmons fuck toy. And even though she was a educated, smart, talented woman, her her resume speaks for itself. Just all these hits that she turned out and she was just pretty much treated like some thought (laughs) because Russell Simmons just had this this type. uh, What do they call them? Uh, Tall, skinny bitches. And that's what they called these girls in the office. Uh, That's one of Russell's tall, skinny bitches. And evidently it was a lot of women who shouldn't have been hired. It was just a lot of women who are pretty faces, but she wasn't one of them. Uh, that she was, that's horrible. I hate to hear that. Uh, and, you know, I really don't get too, you know, emotionally involved in stories. So for me to be actually like having a tough time, you know, mm-hmm. talking about this, it's pretty fucked up. Uh, and, you know, uh, one of the other women who who are talking about this and these are all grown women in their 40s, you know, who have had to live with this for like 20 years. Uh, one of the other women who, who talked about it, uh, who was raped by her. It was like a close friend of Russell Simmons for years. And she was a model. And, you know, while the right before he raped her, you know, she's telling him, like, nothing's going to happen. I have a boyfriend like I'm in a committed relationship. I really love him. And he ends up raping her. Horrible. Terrible. Just evil. And it's just crazy how all these women have the same story about Russell Simmons being this nice guy trying to mentor him. And then at some point he invites him back to our, his hotel room and to listen to music. And then he rapes him, just flats out, forces himself on him and rapes him. And shit, that was just tough to watch. Uh, 
Now, and, have the statutes of limitations yes. passed? Okay. Like I said, all these, a lot of these happened in the late 90s. Early 2000s. Early 2000s, like Cosby. Uh, well, shit, Cosby spanned decades, but... It's just crazy. Uh, Russell Simmons stepped down for, you know, from all all the positions he held, you know, with different organizations. And he has uh, it's just crazy the way that he was trying to the first woman to come out. She was kind of uh, discredited at first. He he called her a flat out liar. He said uh, she's a liar. She's misrepresenting herself. And then, you know, more women started to come out and they wouldn't. They said they wouldn't even came out if he didn't he didn't start, you know, slandering this woman, making her seem like she's some crazy money hungry gold digger. Then that's when they start coming out the woodwork. Like, nah, he did the exact same thing to me. And it's, it's really, I really would love to hear what, what the rest of the Simmons family's take is on this. Cause you know, his brother is a, is a reverend Mm -hmm. and his, uh, he, he's, he has nieces, you know, his Angela Simmons and, it's just crazy to think like I wonder what the family thinks of you now. Did uh Kamora say anything about No, any I haven't heard any comments about that, but she's the mother of his kids, you know, she's right. probably still getting money from all that situation, but uh no, nah, it's just a really heartbreaking and anytime we do and it's almost kind of like uh finding out, you know, so Russell Simmons the one of the founders of the most influential hip hop labels in in the world is like finding out that right. And how would you reconcile that? lean into that narrative is to be stronger. Uh, Actually, a woman uh, asked me to cover a topic in regards to the whole take off the cape movement. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't heard. Uh, I didn't hear about it either. uh, Maybe because I'm not a woman, but the take off the cape movement is just for black women. You know, they've had to take the reins of the family unit over the past few decades. And the take off the cape is pretty much just Black women shouldn't have to be so independent and strong and take care of the household. Like, I agree. Black men should definitely be the ones wearing the cape, ideally, in the situation. Uh, But black women should not have to uh, hold up the world on their shoulders like they have been doing. I I agree. Uh, But I don't ever want to stop seeing black women being strong and independent, powerful women. I hate that a certain uh, degree of faith has been lost in black men over the years, but... You know, there's still good black men out there. Uh, me, you, we're, we're great black men. Uh, unfortunately, I think uh, maybe you had the same experience growing up as I did. Uh, women weren't checking for us right. in the early years. You know, mm-hmm. they wanted a specific type of guy and that's the guy they found. Unfortunately, that guy they found was probably a piece of shit. You know, he's not with you right now. Where is he right now? You're not even thinking of him. Uh, but uh, a lot of these women passed up great men that could have been husbands to be with those men. And now they're paying for the mistakes. Uh, I don't think that it should be a job, a man's job to take care of your mistakes. Like, I understand you just women got to make better decisions, just like men got to make better, better decisions. You know, I got a, I got a brother who knocked up hella women and I learned from those mistakes. Uh, just like if you got pregnant at the age at a young age. I would hope that, you know, you being a young mother would, would show a little bit more uh, recourse towards what the imagery your daughter is raised in, because you definitely don't want them going down the same path. Right. Absolutely. Um, I can understand where you where you're coming from on that. I just I got to do a little bit more research on this. Uh, take off the cape by this first time I heard it. And um, I think that. 
you shouldn't have to put the onus on women. You shouldn't have to make women uh, the almighty figure. Now, don't get me wrong. I think women are more than capable. For instance, I mean, I was raised by a single mother uh, for several years. You were as well. Uh, but I think it should definitely be a joint effort be- between the man and the woman to take care of the household, to take care of the family, to definitely um, try to succeed together. And um, oftentimes we forget that black women are, in fact, uh, vulnerable and they deserve to be vulnerable um, and they shouldn't have to take the burden and the brunt of the hard work and the labor and uh, just anything in life. Yeah. Uh, we, we definitely need to protect uh, black women. Uh, that has been a very uh, powerful movement going on uh, right now in terms of, you know, uh, black women are talking about, you know, black men don't protect them. This super strong figure, almost this, I don't, I don't know what exact word I'm looking for, but they're almost a caricature of themselves Mm. or a caricature of some sort of superhero. And uh, we don't give them the time and place and space to really just be vulnerable human beings. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a two person job uh, to raise a child. And yeah, it it is a lot of strain on women and we do have to do everything we can to uh, alleviate that that pressure. So that's one of the reasons I definitely have held off on having kids, because once I do have children, I want to make that a family unit and make sure my kid has everything that I never had growing up. And I don't want there to be any kind of unneeded strain. And that kind of ties back to our uh, conversation about, you know, men overexerting their finances to kind of keep up appearances. Uh, I'd rather my wife know she's taken care of than the world think we're, you know, in a certain position that we might not be. Like keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. It's just a crazy dynamic that we have with social media. Like we would much rather people think that our household is in order than it actually being in order. Uh, But yes, thank you all for joining us today. Please stay tuned in the future. We are going to start doing some new things with this show, different segments. Uh, So as I said, I was going to plan on having some female guests in. So in the near future, you will start seeing me having some uh, guest hosts of the female nature here. And hopefully they have the fortitude to withstand the no spin zone here, as Bill O'Reilly used to say. That's definitely not a good person to quote when we're talking about sex. Oh, Oh, Leo, that's why you're my, my co-host, Eric. I for, completely forgot he sexually harassed his co-host also. Yeah. He, oh, shit. There was a tape of him, wasn't it? Oh, my God. It was a recording. He was talking about he wanted to go in a shower. and Such a creepy tape, too. I mean, this. He doesn't know what a loofah is. He called know, it a falafel. Falafel. Yes. <laughs> he was like, I think he was drunk. or He was something. definitely drunk. Yeah. So I want to take that falafel and rub it all over your body and. I was like, wait, a falafel in a shower? It would definitely get all spongy and fall apart. He meant a loofah. But yeah, that's why you're my co-host, man. That was a great pool. I completely, you're right. You're definitely right. We do not want to call it the no spin zone. That probably meant something completely different in his workplace. Probably so. We got to find a good name for this area. Uh, how about, it has to be something original. Uh, how about the Thunderdome? The Thunderdome? So yeah. is this Mad Max? God damn it. 
we're, we're going to think of that. We're going to think about a comeback. We're going to have a bunch of new stuff coming on. Check out our YouTube for our show and entertainment reviews. Uh, check out our future interviews with ladies, working title, mysterious lady problems. But yeah, we were just doing a whole lot with this podcast. I am super excited for the future. I am super excited to uh, be bringing you guys this content. Please support. I need your support. Can't do it alone. I tried. Please like the comments. If you see them on Facebook, please comment on the comment or on the post. Everything you can that costs you zero dollars and zero cents. Please and thank you. But uh, that is going to wrap up our show for today. I am J.M. Banks. And I'm Eric Hawthorne. And this is Urban Alchemy Podcast. Thank you all for joining us and catch you all later.